This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on this week. If you're looking for a sign, this is it. If you're waiting for your miracle, here you go. Proof that miracles happen all the time and evidence that suddenly a new feeling can dawn within you. You're going to meet a type A brainiac psychiatrist who learned to open her heart from a child with disabilities. You'll meet a woman who found her dream man with angelic help from her grandmother and guardian angel. And we'll start with Amy Newmark of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Her new title is Believe in Miracles. And in this book, you'll read about Maggie, who told her mom when she was 12 years old, she told her mom she would marry the handsome star of her favorite movie, and then went through a series of coincidences and met him as an adult while she was an actress, and she and Mark have been married more than 40 years. Sherry dreamt she found her drowned toddler floating in a neighbor's pool. When she woke up, her son was actually missing. She ran straight to the neighbors and found her son kneeling at the edge of the pool. Sherry, an army officer, lost a diamond from her ring on the first day of training. She spent weeks looking for it and prayed during her graduation for it to be returned. That's when she looked down and saw the diamond in the mud between her boots. I think that people really want permission to believe in miracles. And we get so many stories from the public telling us about answered prayers and what seems to be some kind of divine intervention and comfort from beyond, maybe a dream where a loved one, you know, talks to them from heaven. Just all these stories that give such hope and comfort. And what a great way to start 2020, right? This is our first book for 2020, just came out in early February. And I I was amazed at the stories that were submitted to us. We got thousands of stories, and we could only pick 101. And what's cool about that is there is such variety in the stories that we've published, everything from, you know, amazing coincidences, people dreaming about each other or imagining each other like when they were children and then meeting decades later and getting married, or a girl getting hit by lightning and apparently being dead, and she recovers and the doctors can't believe it. You know, they've never seen anything like this before. We had a guy who had a heart attack and the doctors came out and told his wife that he was dead and she, who had never stuck up for anything her whole life and actually had been a victim of incest as a child, she said, for the first time in my life, I spoke up and she said to the doctor, you go back in there and you keep working on my husband. He said, okay, but he's dead, but I'll give you 10 more minutes, but that's it. And he went back in and after eight minutes, because she was watching the clock, She heard screaming and cheering from behind the curtain, and they had brought her husband back, and he hadn't had oxygen for 43 minutes, and he was supposed to basically be a vegetable after that. Well, he's back to being an oncology nurse again, helping people. And ever since then, she has spoken up for what she wants. That was the first time she spoke up, and what a great time for that to happen. Yeah. It's just incredible stories. One woman, her father lost his wedding ring, and 30 years later, 
she was visiting her kids at camp and walking up this mile-long road, a dirt road. She sees this disc-shaped thing in the dirt, and she leans over to pick it up from the road. And then she realizes it's a wedding ring, and she kind of dusts it off because it's filthy. And she sees her mother's nickname and her parents' wedding date inscribed inside the band. And she realizes she found her father's wedding band that he lost 30 years ago that he didn't even know where he lost it. Oh, my God. She had been a camper there. It was actually in upstate New York. She had been a camper there, and, you know, now she was sending her kids there. But, I mean, how that ring was, like, close enough to the surface of the road. After 30 years, I mean, you would expect, like, all those heavy service vehicles, you know, food service going up and down that road to the camp, and campers marching, and dirt, and storms, and plowing. Like, how was that ring right under her feet? And how did she even see it dirty, you know, in the dirt? Like, it should have been buried, like, three feet under and deep in the woods after 30 years. And if you can believe that it would, you know, resurface, as it obviously did, the fact that she had to put her head down and look at that spot of dirt at that instant. I know. And what makes it even better is that her marriage had been going through a rough patch, and her husband took so much meaning from the fact that she found this ring, you know, her parents' wedding band, that he said, this shows me that, you know, a marriage is supposed to last, and this ring, which is a symbol of love, which will last forever and can never be lost, etc., and their marriage got back on track again. Beautiful. Miracles happen every day. Did you ever have one yourself? I don't know. I feel like being the editor-in-chief of Chicken Soup for the Soul for 12 years is like a constant miracle. And I think I've almost become numb to it now because, you know, I'll meet people and they'll all of a sudden tell me a story. And then they'll say, I never told anybody this story before. And I make them write it up and give it to me for one of our books. And it helps other people. And it's like it's like miracles happen every day in my job. And I've just gotten used to the fact that great things happen all the time that are completely surprising. Thank you so much, Amy Newmark. Where can everybody go for more information? Find out more about Chicken Soup for the Soul, Believe in Miracles. Go to our website, chickensoup.com, and you'll see the book right on the homepage. You can click on it and read all about it. Amy Newmark, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Believe in Miracles. I have a copy to share. Send your address where it says contact at kacey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. And that's where you'll find more about the Unlock Your Potential Weekend next weekend, a retreat for women at Mariondale in Ossining. Join us. And the Let It Shine kickoff party March 8th in Cold Spring. We're launching the foundation that will create inspiring events for women and give small gifts and grants to women in need and transition. All born out of this little show. We'd love to have you at that party. Casey.co has more. Are you waiting for love to arrive? Ask your ancestors and angels to Get busy. Geraldina and the Compass Rose is a love story and a true story about a man and a woman and a ring and a boat and a little Italian lady. And it's Geraldine Brown Giambalco's story, a faith-filled story to find love. First of all, it's a it's a love story. It's how I met my husband. I waited a long time for that moment to happen in my life, and I wasn't quite sure if it was going to happen. It happened when I was 50 years old. So it is a story of hope and keeping the faith and knowing that uh, God has a plan for you. But then there's 
there's a whole twist to it because something very miraculous had happened. And that's really what probed me to write the book. And let's talk about the part of your book that is miraculous. Tell us that story. So my husband and I met in Montauk. It was a blind date. It was a setup from my mother's dear friend of 25 years who had her boat next to my husband's here in Connecticut, actually. I live in Clinton, Connecticut. And there's a, a nice little marina out here where my husband had his boat. And this woman kind of waited over time knowing that I was still single at 49 years old and made the introduction to my mom saying, I have somebody for Geraldine. And so with that, I get a text from my husband six weeks later and he invites me out to Montauk. Now, yeah, most people, but he, he wasn't your husband at the time. He was not my husband at the time, correct. It was basically one of those moments, if you remember the movie, you got mail, like the, something pings and you read the text and then I was invited to spend the weekend with him out in Montauk. I decided to go and it was love at first sight. But what happens is, is that we realize that within a very short period of time that we want to get married. And as all the story right, all goes... Right. Slow down, girl. Yeah. Slow down, girl. First off, back up this boat right now. Your very first date, he asks you out on a text message and says, come spend the weekend? Isn't that a little forward? It was, but it came from a very reliable source because the person that made the introduction is somebody that knows him for a very long time and knows myself and my mom for a really long time. So I felt like I was in good hands and he reassured me that I was. But I also had been very independent. You know, I was on my own for 30 years. So I didn't feel like, you know, things weren't going to work out. I had my backup plan and I would do what I needed to do. But really, that's not the point of the story. The story is, is that after something very miraculous happened, because my grandmother was a huge influence in my, in my life, and that's where the name of the title of the book comes from. Geraldina is what she used to call me. She's a little Italian woman from Italy, and she was in the convent, and she was very faithful and used to pray the rosary, and I was always her little girl near her side. And she had passed away, but her faith and the way she instilled faith into me was a big deal in my life. So that's kind of what carried me through this 30 years of waiting for the right person and not settling. But then my husband and I, when we realized we wanted to get married, I told him I didn't want a ring. I told him that I really was waiting for the sacrament of marriage and that commitment, you know, to be with somebody that you love through and through. He was a little taken back because when my friends would see, oh, you're getting married, where's the ring? He would, you know, shy away. And I said, you know, just put the money towards the boat. Like, I don't really need the ring, but the boat makes us happy and we love being out on the water. So we were walking into a, a store one day and my husband sees fine jewelry and he was trying to get me to give him an idea of what the diamond should look like. The woman that came to show us the ring, there was just one ring that stood out and we put our hand on it and it was like this magic moment where she came and she had a little Italian accent and she said, I never saw anything so beautiful like this before. She takes it out of the, the glass case and slides it right on my finger and it fits perfectly. And then I realized her name is Rosaria, which is my grandmother's name. And that's part of what the Compass Rose is. It's my grandmother who is my guide. So I was taken back because there's not very many people named Rosaria. And Rosaria shoo me off and I walk away to the makeup counter to where I was buying something. And this beautiful girl comes to my aid because I'm in tears thinking I'm getting married. This was a, a special moment in my life. Oh, and uh, she looked at me and she said, are you okay, miss? I asked her what her name was and her name was Grace. And I thought, wow, that's pretty much where I'm at right now in this place of grace because I, I never thought I was going to get married. And when I went back to the counter where my husband and Rosario were a little smitten over the fact they bought 
the ring. But the woman says, you know, she has a daughter and has a $35,000 ring and it sits in a drawer. But this was such a special moment. She thought, you know, this is what it's all about. The love that you have, God bless you. And she was very lovely to us. And I said to her, Rosario, what did your son-in-law do that he buys $35,000 rings? She said, oh, he has a bridal shop. I said, well, give me his information. I haven't bought my dress yet. So she goes looking for her business card and she writes on the back of her business card the information. But when she turns the card over, I turn the card over. Her name is Rosaria Gentili, and that's my grandmother's name. But the mystery of the story is 30 years earlier, I was in an airport and I received a message from a, a man who told me that my grandmother had a message for me. And I had journaled this years ago in 1995. I wrote in that journal that I met my guardian angel that day and that my grandmother was the one who sent him to me. I got so many questions. So you're in an airport one day and a stranger comes up to you and says, I have a message from your grandmother? Pretty much, yes. The flight was canceled and everybody was up in arms and I had this eye contact with this man and I had this strange feeling that I was going to speak to him. I went into a restroom and when I came out of the ladies' room, he was standing there and he said, can I buy you a drink? And something deeper and and a, a lot of the book is about, you know, following your intuition and maybe, you know, taking action when you're not certain, but there's something else probing you. And that's what that situation was. So I sat with him and he told me two other things. He said, my grandmother was very close to me, that I had this incredible ability to love and never lose that little girl in me and that I was going to receive a gift. And this is what I wrote in this in this journal 30 wow. years ago. So that was 30 years ago. All right. But then you said Correct. you didn't want a ring, but how did you end Correct. up in the jewelry store? I had uh, an appointment to go pick up some makeup at Clarence's counter, and I asked him if he wanted to come in, and we made a joke that, you know, as long as we weren't going to go shopping, and it was a Sunday morning at 10 when the store opened, and we walked in, and, and just that morning, he was pretty much saying, I want to go shopping for rings, and I was very adamant about not wanting the ring. So here we are walking through and he sees the fine jewelry and it was in Lord and Taylor I have to tell you in Scarsdale again so it wasn't a place where I would typically think to buy an engagement ring and I have to tell you my ring is beautiful and I called it like the Trinity ring it has three tiers to it and it was an emotional time and my husband and I in a good way you know we had shared the story with so many people that brought chills to them because I guess we all want to know if somebody from the past or that departed is still with us and oh, that yeah. love continues, right? That spirit. Right. And it was so powerful because it, to know that when I was a little girl, we made the meatballs and we prayed the rosary. You know, my grandmother was right. in the convent for crying out loud. So I grew up with that kind of instilled faith. But, but for 30 years, you know, I, I had some trial and errors. I mean, I did the online dating thing. I mean, I had a chapter that I didn't put in, but it was going to be called toupee or touche you know it was (laughs) where we've had our our moments and i think there's a lot of people out there that feel like lonely or hopeless i was never so much lonely that i was thinking that maybe that wasn't the plan for my life so let me ask you this uh have you heard from your grandmother since oh she's yes Oh, well, so then the roses continue to fall. Yes, she's been very close to me in everything that my wedding, it it was flawless. It was a beautiful time. And my grandmother had a devotion to St. Teresa, the little flower. And when you pray to her, 
she's showered you with roses. And I have to tell you, that's been the case since the day of my wedding and even my courtship with my husband. And you'll find, you know, those types of things in within the book. I do write about that. Is anybody going to make it a movie? I hope so. Well, so I called up Lifetime and Hallmark writer, and they said, well, gee, this is a wow story, but you have to write a book first. So it took like two and a half years for me to get there. And now we will be finishing the screenplay next week. And I already have um, some interest with New York and Connecticut producers, but we'll see where that goes. Maybe Grandma can help out. Jerry Jumblanco, Geraldina and the Compass Rose, is the book. If you'd like a copy, email your address from the contact page at kc.com. K-A-C-E-Y.co. I'll put you in the drawing. And have faith that your love is near and say yes to invitations. That's a good place to start. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. Another miraculous story here from an Ivy League psychiatrist who lived fully in her head until a moment of grace allowed her to open her heart. Now, Dr. Amy Block is more fully alive and living life heart first. But as she held her newborn 22 years ago, the doctors gave a bleak outlook of this child born with profound brain damage. That was my new world, and that was my family's new world. I did have an older daughter who was two years older than Emily, and I just, I remember that moment, all the love that I had for Emily holding her that first day suddenly vanished, and all I felt was paralyzing fear. And in the aftermath, you know, we returned home, and I was always, always late at night trying to help Emily progress, but feeling completely exhausted and frightened and fully in the funk that brain kept me in, just overthinking, overanalyzing, and definitely using the medical model that I had been trained to use to try to understand Emily, doing loads of scientific research and fixating on her deficits and completely terrified of having a child with significant intellectual issues and at the same time totally out of touch with my love for her. And I remember in one moment I was shaking toys in front of Emily trying to make her progress and Emily as usual was not really responding and then suddenly in the next this force came over me and I was really blindsided by it and I saw Emily in suddenly a whole new light and that was hard hitting just like that and now you know when I looked I took in Emily's sheer loveliness it was this acute and physical sensation this huge swell of love finally for my child right there in front of me and for Emily exactly as she had been but entirely transformed by my new line of sight And nothing had changed in her, but everything had changed in me. You were the brainiac mom that you were going to try to fix this. You're going to find the exercises and you're going to bring her along to make her brain work as best as it can be. And then suddenly something came over you. Can you tell us what that was that came over you? It was just a whole new radical change in my perception. Was it like someone switched a light on? What happened? I really can't. I can't. It's kind of a mystery as much as I felt this swell within me. And it was very powerful. Um, And it kind of made my whole body vibrate a little bit from within. When you hold a baby, you feel that powerful intensity of connection, attachment, total love for her as she is without needing to change anything Mm -hmm. about her, to love her wholly. And that's what, what, what I experienced. And, I, and before I experienced it, I thought that me and my family couldn't, and Emily, 
could never be happy again because of Emily's significant issues. And then this was this awareness, no matter how Emily turns out, that we would all be okay, including Emily. Do you think that vibration that you felt from your, through, in your body, that was, that made you see differently, do you think that vibration could have come from Emily? Um, I don't think so. I think it was just my heart opening up. Mm. You know, I had thought, oh, my heart had broken, but then it was like I realized, no, my heart is fine. My brain had broken. I was completely just done with using my brain to try to get to love for Emily, to try to get to loss of fear for Emily and just, you know, happiness having this child. And it was my heart that opened up and could see Emily as this beautiful creature regardless of what her difficulties were. Right. So Emily has gone on to grow up a bit and teach you about living outside of your head and in your heart. Emily is my amazing guide. And now Emily is 22 years old. Our relationship bears no resemblance to what it had been in the beginning in those dark days. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned now, given what the prognosis had been, I think Emily has superpowers. And she is intellectually disabled and she has cerebral palsy yet. Despite all those challenges in her life, she lives a life with purpose and courage and joy and laughter. She is verbal, which was totally unexpected. She's chatty. She's she's incredibly purposeful. Every day she lives this life of purpose. Emily wants to be a carer, and she cares for the pets. And she now, at 22, works in a daycare center and cares for little kids. She has this phenomenal memory for the details of people. She remembers things in conversations. Now, she can't do math. She can't even read. But when it comes to interpersonal intelligence, she is right there on the ball. And again, I think these abilities come from her heart. She lives leading with love. And I I make that distinction that most of us lead leading with, with brain. We try to figure things out and we problem solve. And yet Emily, who leads with heart, is incredibly effective and successful and charming. And I think we're all meant to live each day using both brain and heart. And I think we often forget to use this amazing resource that Emily embodies. Yeah. Tell us, please, uh, we're talking to Dr. Amy Block, The Power of Heart, When and How to Get Out of Your Brain, The Power of Heart. Tell us what Emily can teach us. How how can we live more like Emily? That's the really important question. And the way we can live more like Emily is to tap into our heart. And in the book, I offer lots of strategies for how to just do that. The first is to have the motivation to do it. And, and in my practice, patients find their motivation by being kind of fed up with living just a, with just a brain. When you're living in just brain, there's a lack of love. Brain is great for calculating and measuring and collecting data, but brain has a pretty lousy aptitude for love, which to brain doesn't make any sense. It's irrational to love. Brain sees love as a kind of sacrifice, whereas heart sees love as this incredible joy. And love allows you to welcome people in rather than fear people. Love allows you to really be an authentic interaction and connection 
connection with people. Love just animates life. And without love, life gets pretty empty and, and sad and hopeless. So we all want to have that connection to the love within us to make our lives whole and joyful and also purposeful. The first is to find the motivation. Yeah, I want, I want something different. I'm tired of the old way. And then the second is to learn how to actually tap into heart. And I do this myself with certain affirmations that I've learned from Emily. And Emily says things that I now say to myself to try to, you know, get back into heart. And, and one of those things is, is, Mom, look, look, look. She'll be like, look at the leaves on that tree. Look where we are. Oh, my God, look, the road is so open now. And that kind of look is, you know, it's very mindful. Mm -hmm. It brings you right into now. That gets you out of brain immediately because brain is always thinking about the future, worrying or the past, regrets. Brain cannot stay here right now. And we know this, that that look um, is a real just reminder to be here right now and to be here with heart, with offering love to other people, offering love as much to yourself. I read that she always feels worthy. Yes, and that is heart. Emily has real insight so that for her, regardless of what her body cannot do, regardless of what her brain cannot do, regardless of failing and frustration, she knows she is unconditionally worthy and she is deserving of love no matter what. And she is deserving of love no matter what. That is the lesson that everybody should take into their hearts and souls. You are worthy and deserving of love no matter what. Dr. Amy Block, The Power of Heart, When and How to Get Out of Your Brain. I have a copy to share. Send your address from the contact page at kacy.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Thank you for listening. I hope to see you at the retreat next weekend. Sign up at mariandale.org. And thanks to Peggy Lynn for giving this show such a glowing recommendation on iTunes. That was a very nice surprise, Peggy. Thanks for tuning in and subscribing and following to Shine On. Our thought for the day is from Lawrence J. Peter, who said, Don't believe in miracles. Depend on them. Shine On. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.